Welcome to UAB MedCast, a continuing education podcast for medical professionals, providing knowledge that is moving medicine forward. Here's Melanie Cole. Welcome to UAB MedCast. I'm Melanie Cole, and joining me today is Dr. Craig McKinnon. He is the Division Director in Genomic Diagnostics and Bioinformatics at UAB Medicine, and he's here to give us updates on molecular diagnostics at UAB. Dr. McKinnon, thank you so much for joining us today. I'd like you to start by giving us a bit of an overview of molecular diagnostics, the role in the field of medicine and healthcare, and how this field has really evolved in recent years to have such an impact on clinical practice. What molecular diagnostics is, is a field of medicine at which you're analyzing DNA and RNA. That's where the molecular is referring to. analyzing DNA and RNA, and typically you're looking for some type of sequence variant or some type of copy number change or something that's going to give you insight into that particular disease. And this is a good time to point out that molecular diagnostics is different from microbiology or micropathology. That's talking about microorganisms. Here we're talking about DNA and RNA. So sometimes people get micro and molecular mixed up, but that's just to kind of give a little framework there. The molecular diagnostics is used in several different disciplines. It's a field of laboratory medicine, so it's practiced in a hospital lab or in a private lab. And it was originally used most commonly for infectious disease. For example, a patient might have a urinary tract infection, and you can find a virus or bacteria in their urine, and you use molecular diagnostic techniques to identify that microorganism. And this was really, everyone can relate to during the COVID pandemic when molecular diagnosis was used to diagnose patients with COVID. But it's also used in other fields. The area where I primarily spend most of my time is in oncology. So we get leukemia and solid tumor specimens, and we look for mutations in those specimens. It can also be used in in patients who are born with birth defects or other types of developmental delay to find the gene or the mutation of a certain gene that may be causing their disease. So you you may want to know why are we doing all this? Who cares if there's a mutation there or not? Well, it's important because it helps you to make a more precise diagnosis. It's helpful because certain mutations are associated with certain types of prognostic information for example, a more favorable outcome or a more aggressive disease course. But really what's really exciting, the most important part about all this now, and this has really really come alive in the last 15 years but exploded more recently, is the fact of it takes us into precision medicine. And precision medicine is when you find mutations for which there's actual drugs that are used when that mutation is present or they're not used when that mutation is present. This is so Interesting. Now, Dr. McKinnon, you mentioned its clinical applications and how you're using it in oncology, but tell us a little bit about how it is really superior in this way. The advantages in terms of accuracy, sensitivity, specificity from other conventional diagnostic approaches that we have been using. Well, you know, that's a great question. Precision medicine has been demonstrated to have better outcomes for patients with cancer. And what that means is if you took two cohorts of patients, patients who get a a diagnosis, let's say, of lung cancer and are treated with conventional chemotherapy and radiation therapy, 
And then you took another cohort where you, you perform molecular diagnostic testing, and then you treated the patient based on that molecular profile. The outcomes, the survival outcomes, the disease-free interval, the objective responses, all those metrics are better in the patients who were treated with targeted therapy. So it's really important in terms of making sure that the patient gets the right therapy that's designed or most efficacious in their disease. And, you know, by having targeted therapy, for example, a patient with lung cancer who has an activating mutation in the EGFR gene, well, there's drugs that specifically target that mutation. By doing that, you're going to spare the patient just across the board cytotoxicity you would get if you just gave them a generic chemotherapeutic agent that poisons all dividing cells. So you have a lot more specificity, you spare the patient side effects, and you get better outcomes. It's really very advanced medicine and, and moving so quickly. Can you give us a little overview of molecular diagnostics at UAB? Tell us how the process works, Dr. McKinnon, from sample collection to final result interpretation and some of the critical steps and considerations along the way, how this really impacts those treatment decisions. Sure. You know, it's, it's really an exciting time at UAB for precision medicine because our institution has really, I think, bought into the value of providing precision medicine or molecular diagnostic testing to our patients. And by offering this testing in our own lab, rather than sending it out to a commercial lab that's not affiliated with our institution. So how the whole overall testing odyssey happens is a patient first has to have a tissue sample taken from them. And this can be either through a surgery or through a biopsy, or now even through a blood draw. And a diagnosis of cancer is made at this point, typically. Let's say the patient's diagnosed with colon cancer. So a pathologist would look at the slide, diagnose colon cancer, and send these results back to the ordering physician, who's typically an oncologist. At this point, once the diagnosis is confirmed, the oncologist will now want to do molecular profiling. And to do that, you need to do the molecular diagnostic testing. So they'll put in the order, and this could be like the same day they get the results, our team then goes and gets the tissue, which has typically now been embedded into a paraffin block. We cut additional unstained slides. We look at them, find the areas of tumor, scrape the tumor tissue off the slide, extract the DNA and RNA. That's one of the bottlenecks is ensuring that you have enough tissue to get adequate amounts of DNA and RNA for subsequent testing. And so as a molecular pathologist, my colleagues and I review this process, and then we have an understanding of how much DNA and RNA is generated so we can help consult with the ordering physician to say, hey, you have enough DNA and RNA to do a huge panel. You know, you can look at the whole exome, the whole genome, a host of 500 of your favorite genes, or, hey, you know what, this very limiting tissue is a small biopsy. We didn't recover that much. We think you want to do more targeted therapy. And by doing that, you're ensuring that there's the highest probability that the patient will get some type of helpful molecular result. Once the test is determined and the DNA and RNA are isolated, it goes to the lab. The next is typically next generation sequencing, which is a type of high throughput DNA or RNA sequencing takes place. The results come off the instrument and we feed them into what's known as a bioinformatics pipeline. And really the output of this pipeline is a list of genetic variants that were identified in your patient. And then the pathologist comes back into play, and they take this list of genetic variants that were identified, and they do a process called annotation, where they assign 
basically a score or a classification to each variant where they can say, okay, this variant, this is a normal variant. It's just existing the populations. Don't worry about it. Or, hey, you know what? This variant is really important. It's a pathogenic variant. It contributes to the growth of the tumor. Not only that, it's also targetable. And so you do that to all the variants you identify and you generate a clinical report. You send that back to the oncologist and that's how the patient's therapy is determined. And our goal is to make that process happen as fast as possible. And now there's equipment and technologies and machines where you can get this down to pretty much a two-day process, which really is an advantage for everyone, for the lab as well as for the patient. Well, certainly rapid turnarounds are an advantage, and patients really do worry about these things when they have samples taken. Are there any ethical or social considerations associated with molecular diagnostics or precision medicine, privacy, data sharing, genetic discrimination? Is there anything you can point to that's been a challenge? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, nothing's perfect. And, you know, in the United States, as we all know, there's healthcare disparities where access to healthcare in a timely and equitable fashion is still a challenge. And particularly in the state of Alabama, there's people who are geographically isolated, economically isolated. And I think UAB is part of our mission as an institution and definitely our mission as individuals and, and departments to try and address these disparities that exist and make testing as equitable and available to as many patients as possible, regardless of their ability to pay or their ability to get to the lab. So you want to try and make it convenient to do the testing. Some patients may not be able to drive to where we're located, which is in Birmingham, Alabama. So different measures to address this would be, let's say for expensive testing, you can try and reduce or even eliminate the out-of-pocket expenses to patients. I think that's become an industry standard that UAB is working on and approaching. Things like that that make it so that it's as accessible to as many people as possible. Looking ahead, Dr. McKinnon, what exciting advancements or emerging trends do you anticipate in the field of molecular diagnostics? How do you see them shaping the future of clinical care? Really, the most exciting things are technology. We have really powerful sequencers now that can sequence lots of specimens very extensively at a low cost. And that is being kind of in parallel, we're seeing advances in bioinformatics and artificial intelligence being starting to become implemented. So you can imagine a scenario where a lab will have regenerating a large amount of genetic data and have bioinformatic and artificial intelligence tools to really analyze this data at a much deeper level than we're currently doing. And as you get large cohorts of patients, let's say particularly patients in like certain regional parts of the United States, like in Alabama, where we're in the deep South, you may identify patterns in your patients that are important for the management of their disease. So I think that's very exciting. Another thing that's exciting in this space is the consolidation that's taking place. For example, we recognize at UAB that there's value in taking the molecular diagnostics labs that are operating independently and consolidating them since we share a lot of the same equipment, the same workflows, the same types of technologists to work in the lab. And by doing that, we can streamline our efforts, reduce our overhead, and reduce our turnaround times and leverage that to be more efficient and more nimble and more competitive. 
Is there anything you'd like to leave other providers with? This is such a comprehensive approach, and it's very multidisciplinary as you're contributing to all of these different healthcare providers in their clinical decision-making, and it's so, so important. Please just give us a summary of what you would like other providers to know about molecular diagnostics, precision medicine, and what you're doing there at UAB. Well, what I'd like to say is, is that fundamentally, the lab and the molecular diagnostics team are service providers to oncologists and other ordering physicians, say, for example, the non-oncology space, infectious disease docs or geneticists. So we're really here to provide these physicians with the information they need to best diagnose and treat their patients. So it's a team effort, and the success of any molecular diagnostic operation really requires uh, collaboration between the hospital administrators, the ordering and treating physicians, and the lab, and so that the right tests are identified and developed, that the volumes are high enough to justify the expense of all the equipment that you need to run it, um, and that it's just questions that come up. You know who to call and ask, and, and by, I think, coming together and really making this a multidisciplinary team effort. It really strengthens the whole program and you get a superior quality and a better product and satisfaction expectations are are much higher for everybody. Of that, I'm sure. And thank you so much, Dr. McKinnon, for joining us and sharing your incredible expertise in these exciting medical advancements and time in your field. For more information, you can visit our website at uabmedicine.org slash physician. That concludes this episode of UAB MedCast. For updates on the latest medical advancements, breakthroughs, and research, please follow us on your social channels. I'm Melanie Cole.